Well, good evening and welcome to our first, and let's be real, hopefully our last ever online Good Friday service. Today is the day when we remember the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, his death on our behalf. And the theme for our week has been a week of worship, and we've been getting together every night online at 8 o'clock to worship God with some singing and to look at a psalm together to put our eyes on God. And that's really what we're going to do tonight. We'll take a little more time, uh, but for the next hour, what we want to do is turn our eyes to God, and we'll look in depth at a psalm together, and we will sing praises and sing songs that get us thinking about who Jesus is and what He has done for us. So let's start by singing about His amazing grace. Yo 
Every night this week, we've been looking at a psalm together. Uh, One of these ancient songs that were written that was really the the songbook of the nation of Israel. And tonight, I want us to look at Psalm 22. And I've entitled the message and really the theme for tonight is When All Seems Lost. Because we're going to come across uh, the, the psalm writer in this situation. I mean, it just feels like things are hopeless. He feels like God has forsaken him. And what we're going to see as we look at this psalm is we're going to see, one, this psalm is clearly not just talking about the psalmist. It's clearly pointing us towards the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And the other thing I want want to see is this psalm is so much more than just giving us facts and information. Uh, When all seems lost, and maybe you're feeling that way right now, right? We're in this unprecedented time in our nation, and maybe that's affecting you, whether that's financially or physically or emotionally, whatever it might be. And maybe there's trials in your life that are totally unrelated to the present situation in our nation. And now we all, if we're honest, there are times in our lives where it just feels like all is lost. What do we do in those times? What are you going to do in this time? What are you going to do in the future in those times? And what I'm going to want us to see is three clear things from this psalm that we'll talk about and we'll kind of talk about one thing and then we will uh, respond to God in worship together. But I would like you to take out your Bibles and open them up to Psalm 22. Take your Bibles and open them up to Psalm 22. And let me go ahead and I will read this whole psalm for us. And then we'll start to talk about the three ways that we can respond when all seems lost. It's a psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted, they trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued, in you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. 
You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. For from you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow down all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. So we see there, I mean, what starts off to be a pretty hopeless psalm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right? But even those words sound, sound familiar. You're like, I've heard those somewhere before. So we want to talk about this. I don't know what you're feeling tonight, but there's going to come a point in time, if it's not now, when, when all seems lost. What can we do about that? And this psalm is going to give us three clear things. And now let's go ahead and talk about the first one. Well, as we talk about the three different things that we want to learn from this psalm, about how we respond when all seems lost, I want to come to you from three different locations around the Treasure Valley. And first, I'm standing here, obviously, by the Boise River, it, you know, a source of life to our community, a place where people want to come and walk or fish or just enjoy the beauty of God's creation. Another thing I think about while I'm standing beside the river is Psalm 42. 
right? Where it talks about the, the deer panting for the water, uh, longing for the water. And that's how it, the, the psalmist soul longs for God. But if you read that psalm, what you're going to see, along with the psalm that, that we're reading right now, that psalm is also not having a good time, right? He's longing for the water because things are dry. Things are rough. Things are hard. And, and there's some similarities even between the two that I want us to see. But looking at Psalm 22, which I just read for you, I want us to note a few different things here. You see verses 1 and 2. I mean, it's bad. It's, it's, it's bad, 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 right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me, right? Thinking God has forsaken me. Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. I mean, it doesn't really get any worse than that, does it? Look at the first word in verse 3. It says, yet. He, he's feeling all those things in verses 1 and 2, yet. He's going to give himself something else to think about. Then we get to verse 6 and it gets back to, but I am a worm and not a man. I mean, more bad stuff. But look at the first word of verse 9. Yet. Yet. Again, he, he, he feels a certain way, but he pushes, he pushes back on that. And then verse 12, it gets back to how, how bad things are, how wrong things are going. Even goes longer all the way through verse 18. And then it gets to verse 19 and it says, what's the first word of verse 19? But. So he's talking about just how awful everything is. He's talking about how everything seems lost. And he responds, yet, yet, but. The first thing I want you to, the first lesson is we think about what do we do when all seems lost? Number one is talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. And this is an idea that we've talked about before as a church, right? And this isn't something that I came up with, right? Uh, quote, even going back to Martin Lloyd-Jones, that hey, one of our biggest problems is that we listen to ourselves instead of talking to ourselves. Now, what am I talking about? I'm not advocating, you know, religious schizophrenia. I'm not encouraging you to all become like Gollum from Lord of the Rings, you know, and, and talk to yourself, preciouses, like all these different things. That's not what I'm talking about, but you know what I mean, right? That we start feeling certain things. You know, we start thinking about all the bad things that are going on or something that somebody else did that we don't like or, or something that we don't feel is fair. And we start brooding on those things and how bad we feel or we start thinking about our fears and our anxieties and all of these different things, right? We start doing those things and in those moments, we need to stop ourselves and direct our thoughts. We need to talk to ourselves in those moments. Really, another way to put it is, are your thoughts directing you or are you directing your thoughts? What are you doing when hard times come? Because we see David here, he is directing his thoughts. There's three ways that he does that. We, we see in each of the three uh, things that he says. We read verse 1 and verse 2, right? But then he says, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted, they trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. The first thing he does is he directs his thoughts to God his character and his actions, right? He, he starts thinking, well, God, 
I know it feels like you've forsaken me. I know I'm not, it doesn't feel like I'm getting answers, but what I know is you're still sitting on the throne. You are on the throne right now. And more than that, I can look back at all of history and say our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, all the rest, they looked to you, they trusted in you, and you delivered them. You're going to deliver me too. And I want you to think about that. Whatever you're going through, you can know for sure God is on the throne. He is still ruling. And I want you to think back, right? You can think back to biblical history. The, the stuff that's in the Bible is not just for you know, people thousands of years ago. It's for you. Do you know what God has done? Do you know what God did for Abraham, for Isaac, for Jacob, for Moses? Are you aware of all these things? Are you holding them as precious in your life? I hope that you are. And I hope that's where you run to when all seems lost. I mean, I don't know what's going on, but I know God is on the throne. And I know that he has always been faithful to his people. You need to think about these things. Let's look at the next one, jumping down to verse 9. Again, he's talking about how bad things are. And then he says, Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you was I cast from my birth. And from my mother's womb, you have been my God. Right? Next, he starts thinking about specific ways that God has provided for him. So the first thing, he's thinking about God, who he is, his character, all that he has done. But now he starts getting personal, starts remembering specifically how God has taken care of him. And I want you to do the same thing. If you are alive right now, if you are watching this video right now, then what you can say is, hey, ever since the day I was born, God has provided me with what I've needed. He's provided me with the shelter. He's provided me with the food. He has sustained me so that I am here alive today. What are you thinking about? I don't know what you're going through right now, but I guarantee you it's not the first trial you've ever gone through in your life. Do you look back and think about how God has brought you through? Think about how God has delivered you and, and su supplied for you through every trial you have ever faced? That's what I want you to think about. And even as we go through this current coronavirus thing, I want you keeping track right now of all the ways that God is taking care of you so that when the next trial comes, you, you have more, you know, more tools in the tool shed to attack you, you know, your feelings of depression or anxiety or whatever it might be with no look at how God has provided for me. And then finally, we get down to verse 19 where he says, but, right, again, it's bad. It's, it, he's... He's talking to God about how awful things are. And then he says, But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild ox. So first, he goes to God, his character, his actions. Second, he goes to all the ways God has provided for him. And third, he just starts praying right? Uh, maybe he's at the point where he's like, I don't know what else to do, but God, I'm just going to pray. God, don't be far off. I'm going to keep praying to you. And when all seems lost in your life, that's the other thing I want to encourage you to do is to pray. When you don't know what else to do, pray. And then after that, if you feel like nothing has changed, pray some more. Keep on praying. We need to turn to this 
more. We, we, we forget the riches that God has waiting for us. We forget that the God of the universe, the King of all kings, is on call for you, right? How amazing is that? That God will listen to us anytime, 24 hours a day. And so that's the idea. You're going to face fear in your life. You're going to face anxiety. You're going to face times where you're, you're just down about something. You're going to face frustration. And sometimes those things are just going to feel like they are, they are peaking, right? They are just at top levels. What should you do? Well, you need to talk to yourself. You need to direct your thoughts. You need to remember that God's on the throne. You need to remember that He has provided everything you've needed. You need to turn to Him, lift your request to the Holy King. That's where we want to start tonight. And as we look at God's Word, we want to go back and forth between looking at God's Word and then even responding in song. So as we think about that verse 3, yet you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. We want to take a moment now to worship our holy God. Oh, 
the second lesson I want us to learn from Psalm 22, I've come over here to the foot of Table Rock, which is, you know, one of the most iconic locations in the Treasure Valley. Uh, I mean, for many of you, maybe your story is similar to mine. Table Rock is actually the first place I ever went to the first time I came and visited Boise. I guess technically it was the second because first my wife and I stopped and got lunch at Tin Roof Tacos. But after that, the first place we went was we drove up to the top of Table Rock and we looked out over this valley and we prayed and we said, God, is this where you want us? Is this where you want us to be, to serve you? It's, it's a memory that I will never forget in my life. And, and I know, I mean, having family come and visit from out of state, one of the common stops we always take is we go up to Table Rock. And we go up there, we show them the views, uh, you know, we'll see who's adventurous and wants to hike, and we'll see who just wants to drive all the way to the top. Although sometimes on that road, that can be an adventure too. But that is always something I have loved about the Treasure Valley, is here at the end of the valley, we have a, a cross hanging over our valley. And especially when you're downtown, you know, you can look up and see the cross. And it's an amazing thing. And when you read Psalm 22, right, it's a psalm of, of David, but the cross is hanging over all of Psalm 22. When you read through it, you can't help but notice this is not just talking about David. This is pointing to Jesus Christ, right? You read the first verse, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you think to yourself, wait, where have I heard that before? 
And actually, since most of us have kind of read the Bible backwards, you probably started reading the Bible more in the New Testament, and then you moved and you started working your way through the Old Testament. The first time you ever read Psalm 22, you probably said, wait a minute, isn't that what Jesus says on the cross? Absolutely. And if you're doing the revival from the Bible readings with us, you read that today. Uh, it's so clear that this psalm is not just talking about David. It is pointing forward to the cross of Jesus Christ, right? We, we, we see more of that. Um, even verse 7, when it's talking about people mocking him and saying, he trusts in the Lord, let him deliver him, right? People saying similar things at the cross. Or when it talks about that they, verse 16, they have pierced my hands and feet, I can count all my bones, right? We see that, that Jesus, he was nailed to a cross. His hands and feet were pierced. None of his bones were broken. And then verse 18, they divide my garments among them and from my clothing they cast lots, right? We see so many of these specific things even about the, the garments, so many things fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And it's interesting, those that have studied this psalm say, you know, really, you can't get to a point where you're like, oh, this, you know, this must have been when David was doing this. Because you read some of these things and you say, David never could have said those things. And I think we know that ultimately the Holy Spirit was working through David. And David wasn't talking about himself. David was talking about his son uh, who, who would come, right? The, the Messiah that was going to come from his line. He, he was talking about, ultimately, we know, Jesus Christ. And, and that's an exciting thing. And so as we look at Psalm 22 and we think through these questions of, okay, what do we do when all seems lost? We can't just look at this psalm generically. We have to see how it points to the cross. And that's the second point. The second thing that you should do when all seems lost is you need to look at the cross. Look at the cross. I mean, just like we literally do sometimes in our valley and we look up and we see this cross hanging over the valley, we need to, in our hearts, when all seems lost, look up and see the cross. Because this is so important. There's a couple things I want us to understand. One is that the cross reminds us that all is never lost because the cross reminds us that Jesus Christ has already solved our biggest problem. He's already solved our biggest problem. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross, your problem of sin has been paid for. It has been dealt with by the Son of God on the cross as he experienced the wrath of God on, on your behalf. And so because of the cross, all of humanity can cry, all is not lost because there is a Savior. There is forgiveness. There is freedom that only comes through the cross. The, the cross has, has solved that for us. And so when, even when you come across dark times in life, there are certain things that you, you know are still true. If you are a believer, if you have turned from your sin and put your faith in Christ, you can know my sin is forgiven. My sin is forgiven. All is not lost because I'm forgiven. You can know because Jesus paid your debt that you have a future in heaven. You have an inheritance that was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. All is never lost because that will always be true for you if you are a believer. We put our hope in Jesus and he has earned for us what we could never earn. Forgiveness, a place in the family of God, the 
unending love of God, an eternal home in heaven. He has solved your biggest problem. All is never lost. But even when the road seems dark, and even when things are tough in life, the other thing that the cross reminds us of is that not only has Jesus Christ through the cross taken care of your biggest problem, he has shown you that he can take care of any problem and he can use it for good. I don't know what's happened in your life. We've all gone through hard things and some of us harder things than others. But I can guarantee you, nothing that has happened in your life is as bad as what happened to Jesus Christ on the cross. Because that is the worst thing that has happened in the history of the world. The Son of God came into the world to save sinners and they crucified Him? That's messed up. But, don't we know that God used that for the good of of millions, I mean, for the good of the church throughout all the ages, God has used the darkest moment. There's a reason we don't call this Black Friday. We call it Good Friday because God uses all things for good for those who love him and the cross is the proof of that. When all is lost, one thing that you're gonna be tempted to doubt, when all seems lost, One thing you're going to be tempted to doubt is the love of God. You're going to be tempted to doubt that he is good. I used to make a joke, usually about this time of year. I would say, you know, I love springtime because one thing that means is baseball is coming back. And baseball coming back every spring is one of the ways I know that God still loves us. Well, that joke isn't so funny this spring, right? Because if I'm really looking to the return of baseball uh, to prove God's love for me, then I'm in some deep trouble this springtime, right? Because it hasn't happened yet. But here's the deal. Nothing else in this world is the ultimate proof of God's love. Sure, there's other things. The sun rising every day reminds us of the love of God, absolutely. But here's the thing. The ultimate proof of the love of God is the cross of Jesus Christ. That's the way it is. That is the ultimate proof. If you ever doubt that God loves you, the first place you need to look is at the cross where he has proven his love the greatest way that he possibly could. And because we know his love and because we see how he used the worst thing that's ever happened to accomplish the salvation of the world, right? We can know, hey, when trials come in our lives that seem like big deals, big problems, God is going to use it for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. So here we are on Good Friday. Let's not forget why it was good. I mean, on some level, it was a terrible Friday. That The one who made all of us was killed, was murdered unjustly. But it was all according to God's plan to save you and to save me. We need to look to the cross when all seems lost to remind ourselves Jesus is already taking care of our biggest problem. And because of the cross, because of what he has proven to us through the cross, we know that for his children, he will work through every problem in our lives for our good. And we can trust that. We can take that to the bank.
That, that's why we can sing songs like, it is well with my soul. Because we get to that verse where we say, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross. And I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. We know that all is not lost when we look to the cross. Let's sing about that together now.
with my soul. With my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well. So for this third point, I'm coming to you today from right here in front of Pathways Middle School. Uh, since January of 2019, this is where we have gathered every Sunday. This is where we do church together. For many of you watching this video right now, this building is where I saw your face for the very first time. And this building should be full this weekend. This building should be packed tonight for Good Friday services. That field should be full of kids and families tomorrow for our extravaganza outreach event. And then Sunday should be the day of the year when this gymnasium is more packed than it is at any other time. And there's a lot of difficult things going on right now in our world and I don't know which of those are affecting you and maybe it's none of that maybe it's other things but if I could just be personal for a moment if I could just share something man the most difficult thing for me and everything that's going on is missing you guys I feel like I've been torn away from my family church is a family and that's a loss that I feel so strong in this time I am so bummed that we are not going to be filling up Pathways Middle School this weekend. I don't like that I'm giving you this on a message, uh, on a video that I've recorded ahead of time instead of us being here together in this building. And I hope that's a loss that you feel. Again, I don't, there might be other things that are concerning you or uncertainty or probably for most of us in Idaho right now, it's a financial concern, whatever it might be. But I hope that's one of the things that is heavy on your heart is that you miss gathering with God's people. Earlier, we mentioned Psalm 42. And we see in that psalm, the psalmist panting for, for the water, for, for the Lord. And it's clear one of the things that he misses the most is gathering with God's people. And I hope that is heavy on your heart. I know it is heavy on mine. And when we're in these kind of situations... What do we do? I've already talked about a couple things, but I want to get us to the third thing now. And we see it really starting in verse 22 and going to the end of Psalm 22. So Psalm 22, 22 says this, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. And then even it, it ends with more praise saying, They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. Psalm 22 ends, the last 10 verses, is this avalanche of praise and worship to God. And it's a commitment that is made, and that's a commitment I want you to make 
in this uncertain time or any time when life is uncertain, when all seems lost, the third thing you need to do is praise the Lord. You need to praise the Lord. And I want you to notice this isn't just coming from all these feelings. We've already seen so clearly this guy is not having a good time. This guy's life is, is tough and ultimately we see it's referring to Jesus Christ on the cross, the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. Yet there is this commitment, I am going to praise God. And even more than that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell other people to praise God. Now let's be real, you can't get to this third point unless you've done the first two points, right? Unless you have talked to yourself and you're, you're talking back to your feelings, you're talking back to your emotions and your thoughts, and you're reminding yourself, this is who God is. I know who God is. God is holy. God is just. God is in control. He is sovereign. I know these things, right? We need to understand those things. We need to know what God has done from the history of the Bible to the history of the church, all the great things that God has done. And then, as we just talked about, we need to know what Jesus has done for us on the cross. We need to remember what Good Friday is all about, that it is all about the death of Jesus Christ for our sins. And that Jesus has given his life for us. And if he has done that, what is he not going to do? What is he not going to do? And when we've reminded ourselves of these things, when we've reminded ourselves of these truths, then we are in a position where even though we might not be feeling it, and even though so many of our outside circumstances might still be rough, we can choose to praise the Lord. One of the best examples of this in the whole Bible comes from a book you probably don't know a lot about. It's the book of Habakkuk. And it is prophesying a national disaster far beyond anything we're currently experiencing and really far beyond anything our nation has ever experienced in its history, right? Invasion, exile, destruction. That is the forecast. But at the end of all of it, I want to remind you of what this prophet said. It's in Habakkuk 3.17. Habakkuk 3.17, where he says this. He says, Though the fig trees should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. I mean, it's describing famine. It's describing just complete destruction and desolation. And he says, yet I will rejoice. He's making a commitment. He's making a resolve. He says, I will take joy in the God of my salvation, right? And that's honestly how it has to be sometimes. I'm going to take joy. I'm going to resolve to find it. And I want to make sure this doesn't come across as cheesy. I am not. And the Bible never is just quoting out empty nothings like, hey, y'all, put on a happy face. That That is not what it is about. That's not what it's about at all. It's not that your feelings aren't real. It's not that there aren't real bad things oftentimes happening in your life. But even in the midst of that, choosing to rejoice. 
And I found something I want to just even practically encourage you. Sometimes, I mean, we, we all know this, there are seasons in life that are harder to get through. There are seasons in life, like this message is titled, When All Seems Lost. When life is just rough and everything seems hard. And I've found in some of those reasons, in some of those seasons, I have to be even more intentional about reminding myself to praise the Lord and putting my attention there. And maybe right now even, something I would encourage you every day, every single day, identify a reason to rejoice. Identify a reason to praise the Lord. When I've gone through those seasons, sometimes even I have to think about that reason at night so I'm ready for it in the morning. So I'm ready to praise the Lord. And maybe even tonight before you go to bed, you need to identify when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to think about this. Maybe it's something that, about God's character, something that he has done, a way that he has provided for you. I'm going to think about those things and I'm going to intentionally praise the Lord. Now, when he talks about this here in praising the Lord, he, he says he's going to do it in the midst of the congregation. And so even one thing I'm excited about that we're going to do this weekend is on Sunday, we're going to have an online Easter service just like this one. And about 15 minutes after it's over, we're all going to, we're going to get together on Zoom. We've emailed out a link to you, right? And if you don't have it, you know, reach out to somebody, make sure you're, you're ready to get in there. And we're all going to get in there and we're going to have a Thanksgiving service where I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to kick it off. And then just like if you've gone to a church where you sit there and, you know, a microphone is there that they're giving to people that raise their hands or there's a microphone that you can just walk up to and share and give thanks to God. Maybe there's a way you've seen God be faithful in this weird season we're going through. Uh, maybe uh, there's just a verse that's really encouraged you. Or, what, or somebody has done something that has really encouraged you. This will be a time for us to get together and praise the Lord. And if you're thinking, well, I don't know if I want to say anything, that's fine. Show up and be encouraged by those who are. And I'm sure you will be inspired to thank the Lord. Even if you don't, you know, unmute yourself and say something on Zoom, right? You're going to be inspired to thank the Lord. We need to praise Him. We are a family. I miss you guys so much. But we need to remind ourselves of all these things that we have talked about tonight. We need to talk to ourselves. We need to remember who God is. We need to remember what God has done. And especially today of all days, we need to look to the cross and remember what Jesus did for us and how God, he can use even the worst thing that's ever happened to accomplish his purpose. And we need to praise the Lord. We'll, we'll, we'll do that uh, together on, on Sunday in that setting. You can do it every day by praising the Lord. And that's really how we want to end this service tonight. By, by coming back to a couple songs of just singing praise to God for what he has done for us. So let me pray and then let us sing together. God, we praise your name. God, may we echo what Job said in the Bible, God, where he said, you give and you take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God, that whatever is happening, we will choose to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. God, turn our eyes this whole week, what we've been trying to do. God, turn our eyes to you. Turn our eyes to the cross. And I pray right now, Lord, that we would just turn our hearts to you in worship as we give thanks to your name. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you.
upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be Thanks again for joining us for our first ever Good Friday online service. And let me repeat, hopefully our last ever online Good Friday service. I hope this has encouraged you. I hope that we will all look to the cross as the ultimate example of what our God does and how God can turn the worst into something wonderful. And I hope we have that concern that we will praise the Lord and even that others would join in the praise, that God would save many people through this time. So we'll see you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. We'll have one last evening of worship before our special online Easter service followed by our all-church Zoom Thanksgiving service on Sunday morning. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.